Do you believe in your business and want it to grow quicker? Make more sales, scale the business? <laughs> yeah, me too. I just love helping women in business and I want your business to be the best it can possibly be. You can expect truthful accounts of the highs and lows of business, struggles, traumas, epic highlights and priceless moments. I'll be sharing how this busy mum scaled a business from a local class in a village hall to 60 franchisees internationally. So let's get started. I'm Charlie Day and you're listening to the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. This episode is sponsored by Joe Middleton, founder of Franchise Business School, helping franchisors and aspiring franchisors strategically turbocharge their business growth through a range of comprehensive online masterclasses, exclusive membership, and one-to-one -one mentoring. Head over to FranchiseBusinessSchool.com to find out more. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. Today I am joined by the wonderful Sage Polaris. Now Sage helps to increase sales with words. I love that. I've seen that in your copy and I'm like, yes, she is my sort of a woman. And I had the absolute pleasure of having dinner with Sage earlier in the year and she's an absolute gift. So you're going to love this podcast. Hello and welcome Sage. Hello sister in sales. <laughs> Love it. So tell everybody, all my listeners, what it is you do and what you're passionate about. Yeah, so I am a copywriter, which in the marketing world specifically, because there is a legal version of that, but I'm not at all involved in that part of the world. So basically I help people make more with the words on their website and I have been doing it for 10 years now, which is wild to think about. Um, and where Charlie and I met was in Los Angeles, which is where I live. And I've been running my business here for the last 10 years. It's been incredible. And I've worked with a range of clients privately, but then I also have a membership that's now called, or sorry, a mastermind that's now called a collective. And then I have a copy template membership. So the business has evolved over the years. And for a long time, I was a service provider mostly. And I decided I wanted my work to be more accessible. So I started creating these other ways for people to work with me. I love that. And weirdly enough, I was only recording a podcast earlier on today and me and my interviewee were talking about how much we hated writing, <laughs> specifically emails. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, that a lot from people. All the time. Yeah. A lot of people don't like to do their own writing. Sometimes I have clients who just want strategy and they actually love the writing bit. So there are some out there, but they're more rare. I find more people, they're like, I don't have time for the writing. It's too much. It's too consuming. Uh, so that's where I come in and support them. And it's the thing that I love to do. So yeah, words to me are like, it's kind of like a painting on a canvas. You get to play and create and I'm a very creative person. So if you don't have that bone in your body, it's all good. <laughs> and what about like, so if someone's listening to my podcast and they're thinking, oh my gosh, I need Sage's help. Like I'm terrible at writing. Is, do you feel like you can learn it or is it something that you just either enjoy or you don't enjoy? Um, I think it's a muscle that you can flex, just like if you don't enjoy working out, but you make it a habit, then you will and you'll, you'll develop those muscles and it becomes easier over time. So it's definitely something that you can learn. 
Um, it's not like an overnight thing. You have to get used to it for sure. And then when you do, it gets easier and easier as you start to use that muscle more and more. And I will say too, like, I personally never write from scratch in my business. I use templates. I help people learn how to use templates. And it's not to say like, I want everybody out there saying the same thing. Like we really personalize the, the templates that I use and infuse like your stories and all of those things into it. But that really helps to not be writing from scratch because I think people are afraid of a blank document. And I think, and certainly I feel like this is the case in, in the UK, um, that we were taught to write a certain way. But as entrepreneurs now, I know my emails are full of like, woohoo, yes, which is just like very me you know and I think people resonate with that but it's like an English teacher's nightmare the way I write like can we scrap the rules yeah 100% I mean if you come from a corporate background too like there's very specific ways you're meant to engage with people but I think that is the beauty of having a personal brand is you let you get to let yourself out and like kind of unbuttoned with your language and the things that you say. And that's when it starts to feel fun, right? Like you have the freedom to be yourself, bring out your personality. People identify with you more, the less you hide that. And the more that you become conversational with your copy that you write in your emails, if you're trying to sell something on your sales page too, or your, your ad copy, if you're doing Facebook ads or something like that, the more personable you are, the more people remember you for it. So I think those things like giving yourself permission to have fun with it is also really important. And do you, have you got any tips or any sort of, I don't know, exercises I'm going to say that you could do if you wanted to get better at this? Yeah, hundred percent. I think, um, first of all, like write down some stories that you know light people up right like so I'll give you an example of myself so something that I talk about whenever I'm doing interviews and I noticed like and this is also interestingly like a good thing to practice is being on podcasts or being interviewed by people but pay attention to when their eyes light up that's when you know that you've got a story that's interesting to people. So one of the things I talk about is how I take four months off every year in my business. And immediately people are like, wait, what? (laughs) They want to hear more. (laughs) (laughs) So those types of things, like tell, practice your storytelling, right? Um, Even if you're just going on live on Facebook, because some people are more verbal processors and they often don't like writing, right? But they can talk, right? Like they can tell the stories and notice what people are excited about and then use those stories to engage with people and put them into your emails. So that's one practice that you can start to do. I had a podcast right at the beginning when I started podcasting and someone rang the doorbell halfway through like the postman and I went um and I'm like I'm living in quite a small place at the moment I went and I opened the door I had like a brief conversation I obviously said to the woman like oh I'm so sorry the postman's here I had a brief conversation and I came back and obviously I meant to edit it out but for whatever reason I didn't and when I realized I was like absolutely mortified and so I went on to the platform to try and update it and I opened my Instagram and I just had loads of messages from people being like oh my god I love the postman bit I love that you kept that in like you obviously did it on purpose to be a little bit funny and I was like oh my gosh I'm just not going to delete it and it is sometimes things like that that 
like give it an edge and like make you more memorable and and stuff so um, I'm always intrigued by what you can do to stand out from the crowd yeah and I love happy accidents like that and I think you know letting yourself tell funny stories like that in your writing too like if you knew it was a hit on the podcast and definitely incorporate it into your next email because people will love that story too um, so anything that, you know, makes you more real with people, I think is important so that they can identify with what you, who you are as a human being. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think I'm way more likely to tell an embarrassing story, like on a podcast or in a live than I am to write it down. It just seems so much more documented if you write it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think too, like there's different types of stories that people are interested in hearing from you. Like the funny ones are always good. And there is, there's really like four different types of people who are reading your story and some of them love the fun loving things. So even thinking about like, putting gifts into your emails, um, putting emojis into your subject lines, those things make them feel more personable for sure. And people will notice it. It'll, it will help you stand out in their inbox, for example. Um, music lyrics, puns, all of these things, like you can use them. And the people who love fun and funny things, they will really get into your brand and enjoy that. Uh, so those are just a few other tips you can use for them. That's what I always think as well when I'm using my woohoo or whatever, like some with my English teachers, like thinking, what the heck is she doing? I do think to myself, well, some people will really resonate with that. And some people might not. Some people might be like, why does she do that? But then they're not going to be my people. Right. Yeah. There's so, that piece of it for sure. That's that's how I get around it, because I, I do find writing a lot more. Um, sort of vulnerable than chatting to someone I, and like you say people consume in different ways and I think that that is what is very natural to me yeah you know I have another tool too that I recommend people use especially if they're very much like they know they're a verbal processor is um, open your google doc and go to tools and then there's voice typing and it'll pop open a microphone for you and you can actually speak and it'll dictate what you're saying so it's like a quick and dirty transcription. And I found like if you are a more conversational person, that's a great way to infuse stories by just speaking them instead of trying to type them because not everyone, like they have a harder time getting story out if they're trying to type it versus if they just speak it. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to try that because that is me all over. Like I'll write a story out and it's literally like two sentences long, whereas I would spend like much more time embellishing that story if I was to talk it. Yeah, I love that. And you can also, I have it on my phone too. I have Google Drive on my phone and I open a doc from there and you can click the little microphone button. If you're on the go, if you're walking around and an idea strikes you and you're like, oh, I got to save that story. Um, I text stories to myself. I like have voice memos to myself. So anytime an idea comes up, just take a note of it because you never know when you're going to want to dip into that cachet of stories and infuse them into one of your emails. And what about repurposing your emails? Are you up for that or is that a big no-no? Oh, yeah. You mean like you sent it before and you want to send it again later? Yeah. 100%. Uh, most of my like promotions wise whenever I have something opening up I personally feel like you should reuse those emails that you know worked for example I sent an email last week 
to invite people to apply for my mastermind turn collective. And I got seven calls booked from that one email. And I was like, oh, I'm using that again. <laughs> <laughs> so I would recommend like tracking the data, look at your open rates. If they're really good, uh, repurpose those emails for sure. And then, um, you know, I might remix the, the content of the email a little bit just to fit whatever's going on in that time in my life. And then um, watch your click-through rates too. Like what are your best click-through rates and reuse those call to actions for sure. Like if there's like, click this link and go do this thing, then you wanna reuse those when you know that the language really works. So at the end of our launches, we do a debrief where we look at all of our open rates, all of our click-through rates, see what performed best see what performed worse and we don't reuse that again right like there's certain subject lines that just don't really work for my audience so we're not going to use them anymore wow that's how, that seems like quite a thorough process yeah you know it's the data side of my business i love i'm both right brain and left brain so like creative and logical and data driven so I love backing up like all the creative aspect of my work with looking at the data and figuring out how we can best leverage that. Cause I, you know, 10 years worth of data, I'd be, be silly of me not to use that to understand my audience more and appeal to them. Yeah. Um, talk to me though about, so you've been in business for 10 years. Talk mm -hmm. to me about that journey and um, what you feel has made you the success that you are today. Thank you for asking. Yes. Yeah, so I first, when I was in LA, I was, or as you know, I'm still here. Um, I was working the museum industry actually, and I was installing art and I had a situation where I had applied to work full-time in this department. And within earshot, I heard the then manager of that specific department say one man to another, I will never hire a woman. And I was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> it was really terrible to experience that. But at the same time, it lit a fire in me to be like, okay, the most I can make working at a museum at that time was 36,000 a year. And I was, and now I can make that in a month, right? So if not more. And so at the time I was like, okay, I don't want to play this game anymore where it's like, a, am not going to win, right? And so uh, I had already started kind of writing in the background. I had done some travel blogging just for fun. And then I started doing some local journalism in my town where I was living. And I found this book, actually, The Well-Fed Writer by Peter Bowerman. And it was all about copywriting, like specifically writing for marketing, helping business owners write their websites. And it blew my mind. I was like, oh, this is a whole world of like building relationships with people online. And I just fell in love with all of it. I became like a marketing aholic. I was just so <laughs> into it. <laughs> so, and I started doing writing for local business owners. And then I started branching out to networking online. I never even had a Facebook page until I had a business. Like I know most people used it for their personal lives. But for me, I didn't start it until I had a business. So uh, I started networking through that, Facebook groups, all of those things, and slowly built up the business that I have now. And, you know, I was explaining to a woman recently, she's like an elderly, older generation, and she was telling me how she doesn't get 
social media. She's like, I don't understand it. I'm not into it. And I was like, I hear you, but it is also an incredible business tool that's helped me build like a global business. I've worked with people in Ghana and Australia and all over the world that I would have never had access to otherwise. So it's been incredible to, to look back. Like I've worked on over 400 projects. Um, you know, I used to work with like 19 clients a year and I was really building up that business and it's been incredible. And then, like I said earlier, I wanted more people to have access because it was like you had to know somebody to know somebody to hire me because it was all kind of referral based, which was amazing. But I really wanted to grow my audience more and grow my reach more. And so I started thinking about like, how can I reach more people and started doing more of my um, things with my copy, copy template membership, which is way more affordable than hiring me privately. And so, yeah, it's been a beautiful journey and it's wild to look back at. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Have you been back to the museum been like, just so you know, I don't know if the guy still works here, but I'm earning a shit ton of money now. You know, ironically, my boss, so I worked for every major museum in LA, like I hopped around because you could freelance at one and then go to the next in between shows when they were taking shows down and up. And one of my bosses that was a female that I used to work for ended up taking his position. He retired and I called her the day she started at that museum and I was like, fired this person, this person and this person. <laughs> good so yeah it was beautiful and ironic and I was not gonna squander that opportunity I was like yo these are all the things that happened to me while I was there so it was wild but I'm grateful that she took over his position and I do go back there I still use my ID from when I used to work there I'm like y'all owe me a lifetime of free entry to this museum <laughs> I love that <laughs> Yeah, so I have no qualms about that. I'm like, I am not paying this place any money. <laughs> and have you seen a change over the last 10 years in terms of, so this whole piece on female entrepreneurship really interests me. I mm -hmm. am passionate about female entrepreneurs owning their worth and putting themselves forward and making the sales and being audacious. And that's what I talk a lot about. But I'm interested to know your take on it from that story. When you came into this online space, have you seen a change? Because now there's so many females doing amazing stuff. Was it always like that? Or have you seen a change in the industry? Things have definitely changed. Trends are always happening, you know. And so for me, like when I started this business, I was very clear on my intention to support women who wanted to have the potential to out-earn every man in their life. And it wasn't about competition, but it was about creating choices for us. And for me too, like when I started, when that happened in my household, it changed everything. The way that I viewed myself, the value that I brought to my family, all of those things. So I think a lot of women are attracted to this industry and early on, um, the communities and circles I was a part of were mostly women. Uh, but what's changed over these last few years in particular is like the great resignation happened because of the pandemic. So we saw a lot, a big wave of women who were in corporate wanting to come into the online space. And I had already been here, right? So it's like beautiful. I love welcoming in all these incredible 
women who want to create, you know, more flexibility in their life. So I think that right now it's uh, another opportunity and another wave of women who need support, who want to do this, just like I have been doing it. And so um, I think that they're coming with a different perspective than when I started my business, because when I was doing it, it, you know, 10 years ago, it still was completely unknown to most people. Whereas now, like, we realize that anybody can work from home, really, like, everyone's kind of had practice at it and knows what that looks like and can make that work for themselves. And I think what's changed is they can see it more easily, like the vision for working from home because they've experienced it probably. And so I'm excited because, you know, it's like having to explain it less to people, like they already get it versus before it was like a whole conversation. So I'm excited about like women stepping into this role in their household and realizing that they can create opportunities for each other in this way and support each other in this way. And I think that it's less of a leap now than it has ever been, which makes me so happy. Like, because I don't know, I just feel like the less you have to explain it and the more women will step into that vision more easily. And that part to me is really important. So I, I think at this point, it's only fair for us to talk about the other side of entrepreneurship, because, you know, on these podcasts, it's really easy to talk about your amazing success and all that growth that you've had and the ability to go, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not being um, a woman who's not having that potential. But the truth is entrepreneurship comes with hard times as well. So I would love it if you would talk to my audience about any hard times that you've had or any you know any it's full of twists and turns isn't it yeah 100 percent. I think that people you have to have the right personality to love entrepreneurship because there's always risk involved every time you go to put something out there there's risk of it either flopping or it not landing the way you thought it would, all of those things. And for me, uh, interestingly, like when I started to want to grow my business and not just work with private clients, that shift was a big shift. And I think it is for a lot of service providers when they realize like they're not just going to hide behind their clients' success anymore that they want to have. And for me, I feel like I did in some ways tell myself like it's easier to hide behind their success and let them do the, you know, be on this stage and in the spotlight and all of those things. So that transition was a big one for me, like realizing, no, I can have the same success that I can create for others. It was almost like they, it's good enough for them, but not for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. You had to sort of walk the walk and do all of the stuff that you had been doing private privately for your clients yeah and the wildest time for me actually came right before the pandemic because I started to say yes to speaking on stages all over the world like I was booked for like three different stages Morocco I had just finished San Diego I was supposed to go to Rhode Island and that was the first time I had ever experienced anxiety um and you know I didn't realize it was hormone related at the time but that right that took me for a ride (laughs) 
and I had just finished. It was wild. Like I was in San Diego. I had ran a retreat with my then business partner. And then I was speaking on a stage in front of 150 of my peers for, it's a community called the Copywriter Club. And it was right as I was supposed to step on that stage, my phone started ringing and my friend was like, hey, your phone keeps ringing. I don't know if you want to answer it. And it was, everyone was closing and everything was canceling and my kids weren't going to be able to go to all their usual things. And so people were calling me and saying it was closed for two weeks, which we all know was not the truth. <laughs> two years. <laughs> two years later. Um, but that was a blessing for me in disguise because I had to cancel all those stages that I was going to speak on. And it released so much anxiety for me because I had said yes to too much. So it's funny because like we're wanting to build up this business, right? But sometimes it's its own monster and it can take your life over and suddenly you don't even realize like all the things that you've said yes to and are willing to do. So that was a big lesson for me is like learning. It's funny, like I now, like the way my business is built now, I don't feel like I would succumb to that again, but you never know until you get there. <laughs> That's and all the opportunities true. are on the table yeah yeah and you know people are like oh it's so great because you are designing your own work schedule and you're designing your own life but you have to make that decision of am I going to do this thing am I going to fly to this place and speak am I going to you know launch again or whatever it is you know it's and, and sometimes I I struggle with that like do I do it do, I'm so indecisive I'm a Libra so I'm just constantly like weighing everything up should I do it shouldn't I can somebody else just make the decisions for me so I always just want to be really transparent about it's hard sometimes right oh yeah 100% and I remember like my first launch that I ever did it was maybe in like year two of my business, I didn't really have the brand recognition that I needed for someone like a large community of people to want to buy my course. But I went ahead and launched a course and I got like four sales and two were affiliates. So I owed money on two of the sales. And that's fine. Like I, I learned a lot from that. And it, it then made me realize like, oh, I should focus on my profit sweet spot in my business, which is serving private clients. Like I shouldn't abandon what I've already created in my business. And so it gave me the opportunity to really invest in that work and to like really focus on that for the next five years, really. Like I didn't want to do anything else for that long. So I do think though, like ripping off the bandaid, getting that first launch out there, seeing how it lands is important regardless of how many sales you get. But like that is very painful to go through, right? Like you put all of your hopes, wishes, and dreams into this thing that doesn't always pan out the way you think it will. Totally. And do you think in the in the beginning you thought like, I know I'll be successful at this. I, I know that this will work out. Or did you were you just curious? Well, I had quit my job. I was working for a different museum by then and I had no choice. And I don't actually recommend <laughs> diving in head first like that. But for me, it was the motivation that I needed to make the business work. And the private client work, I always felt confident about for sure, just because I loved it so much. 
Um, but with the course, trying to launch that course early on in my business, I was not confident necessarily around that. I was like, this is an experiment. We'll see what happens. Amazing. Um, well, Sage, I always end my podcasts in the exact same way. And this one is no different. So I'm going to ask you the three questions that I ask everyone who comes on my podcast. Um, and the first one is who inspires you? So I am really inspired by Shonda Rhimes right now. Do you know who she is? No. Oh, good. Yay. You can open <laughs> everybody's world to her. Uh, so you might know her from the shows that she's written. She wrote, she wrote Bridgerton. I think she did Grey's Anatomy too. Like all of these big primetime TV shows. She's a writer and I just love her work so much. And she's like an incredible genius. She has a really good TED talk that I, re I recommend watching um, where she talks about what it's like to be a mom and to run like write for three major primetime shows at once. Like she calls herself a Titan. It's really intense because she gets on that stage and she's like, instead of taking the applause for the work that she's doing she's like no this is hard and these are all the things I'm giving up to to work at this level in my business so uh, I highly recommend checking out Shonda Rhimes wow yeah that sounds good that sounds like something I need to watch <laughs> it's so good you'll love it <laughs> um okay so my second question is what is a book that you would recommend okay so do most people recommend business books? I'm just curious. Most people recommend business books, although it's not, um, you know, it's not necessary. I had somebody who recommended Pride and Prejudice once and I loved that she recommended that for everyone to read. I was just like, yes, everyone should read that. Yeah, good. Yeah, because I'm going to recommend reading Anthony Bourdain. I think his books about being a chef, um, but the way he talks about travel and being a chef, he's incredible. It's like, for me, good writing inspires my copywriting. So I need someone who's really good with words to inspire me. And I go like, it's funny to be a good copywriter. Sure, there are lots of marketing books I could recommend. But I would say read creative writing, like someone like Anthony Bourdain, because he is so good at what he does. I love it check it out and finally what is a piece of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur this is my favorite one to share because you know no matter what stage in business you're at I always tell people let no come from other places not yourself because for me like you know there are times when I didn't want to ask a friend to help me promote my membership for example, or I didn't want to ask them about speaking in their mastermind, or I didn't want to ask them about so many things. And whenever I would go to like hit send on that DM or whatever it was, I would always be like, nope, let no come from other places, not yourself. Put it out there, make the ask. I love that. I always say to people, go for the nose. When I started my, my first business when I was 21 and it, it was like a party business, I was a party entertainer and I used to hit the phones, but I used to say to myself, right, I'm going to get 10 no's and then I can have my first cup of tea. And, <sighs> you know, ultimately along the way you get some yeses. Um, but we're so scared of hearing no, aren't we? Yep. Yeah, it's a whole thing, but I actually find that uh, I feel better just getting the answer versus yes. having it hang in my head. 
Yeah. And so often the answer is yes. So <laughs> you should just go for it. Let yourself be surprised, y'all. For real. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Sage, I've absolutely loved this conversation. Tell all my listeners where they can find you. Oh, thank you so much. So I actually have a gift for everyone. If they go to sageplayers.com slash we love Charlie. Oh, I love it. <laughs> they can get my triple email open rates. So it's three emails that you can copy, paste, and personalize. And it'll allow you, if you ghosted your list, no big deal. It happens where you start an email list, you have the best of intentions talking to them, and then you never write them. Um, these three emails will help you with what to say to them. And it'll also get them ready to, for you to make an offer to them as well. If you've had an email list for a long time and you have never scrubbed your list, meaning gotten rid of unengaged subscribers, you must use this because you will watch your open rates go all the way up and you'll know that the people you're talking to definitely want to hear from you because you'll know who your engaged subscribers are. Okay, I need to do that. I'm going to do that. Yay. Um, cool, I will drop all of those links in the show notes so that people can connect with you. Thank you so much for having this chat with me. Oh, it's my pleasure, Charlie. Thank you.